Well, good evening, West Houston Christian Center. Pastor Jack C. here for our midweek service, Tuesday, April the 14th, day 7,225 of quarantine. It feels like, but no, I know it hasn't been that long. It just feels like it's been that long. Uh, Michelle and I, we love you. Uh, We miss you. And uh, we're so excited that we're going to be able to get back together very, very soon. We had an amazing Easter service yesterday. Uh, I apologize, on Sunday. And uh, I'm just thrilled by what God has done with this team. Uh, I thought just the quality of the show, uh, you know, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, uh, actually a lot more than what goes on in front of the camera, uh, to put together such an amazing broadcast. But I thought... Um, all of it was great. Uh, I loved, uh, my, my wife did a great children's uh, story service, and uh, I know the kids were blessed by it. And I think my dad just kind of nailed it with our, our Easter story and really what it's all about. And uh, so we are moving forward um, with what we're doing right now. And um, uh, the word never stops and the word never ends. Um, I do have some good news, and this is going to keep you at the uh, till the end of the broadcast. But uh, I feel like I have a word from the Lord, and uh, I feel like I can definitively tell you when we are all going to be able to get back together. But I'm not going to tell you till the very end, so that you'll have to stay and watch and listen. So, uh, what we started talking about last Tuesday night is we're talking about the Word of God, and uh, I use John chapter one verse one and. And for those that are reading along with me in the Bible through the New Testament, we started in John chapter 6 today, and uh, we'll go through this whole week uh, with the book of John. It's a great book, and I've read it before, but it's so wonderful just to take chapter bites out of it, and uh, there's so much in it. There's so many little details that the Lord is bringing out in the midst of it, and so I want to encourage you to, to, to jump in with us. And we're reading one uh, chapter out of the New Testament, Monday through Friday. And we're all reading the same chapter, so we're all kind of on the same page. But uh, it just brings so much of a depth uh, to what we're doing and and some real revelation and understanding, uh, especially about the book of John. It's really good. But today, John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything begins, maintains, grows, and comes to manifestation by the Word. Let me say that again. Everything begins, maintains, grows, and is made manifest by the Word of God. What we started talking about last Tuesday night was that whatever faith project you're working on right now, whatever it is that you're believing God for, it has to begin with the word. It has to go through the whole process by the word and it's going to come to manifestation by the word. That's the way that it was intended to be used. So if I have a faith project and I'm going to start that faith project, faith begins where the will of God is known. So every faith project begins with me going to the word, finding scripture that lines up with what I'm believing for. For example, is it I want to believe for one of my neighbors, a family member, uh, a spouse, a child to be born again? 
Is that the will of God? Well, absolutely. The Bible is very clear and tells us that it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So I know what God's will is concerning my faith project so that when I begin it with the word, I know I'm lined up right with his will. I know that he's right there with me. I know that there's a faith reservoir already stored up for me to believe for that person's salvation. So all faith begins where the knowledge of God is known. Amen. Where the will of God is known. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And how interesting that this is our foundational scripture for this year. I didn't know. I mean, I knew why God gave it to us. But now there's just a greater depth of exactly what he was going to be requiring of us for 2020. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. So what I want you to do is I want you to interchange the word Jesus for the word. And it'll read something like this. Looking unto the word the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus was telling us at the very beginning of 2020 that we have to start with the word, we have to maintain with the word, and we have to end with the word. That's how we're going to get through 2020. That's how we're going to get through the crisis that's trying to, to really even take a deeper root in our nation. You know, on a side note, Fear uh, is really trying to really take a deeper stronghold in higher levels in our nation. You know, us living in Houston and us going through Hurricane Harvey, you know, there was a lot of rain. And that rain caused floods in places that it hadn't caused ever that type of flooding. They were calling it a 500-year flood. Well, what happened that came along with that was now that after the floods are gone and everything is rebuilt, whenever we get a lot of rain, there's a fear that tries to rise up in people's hearts of, is that going to happen again? That's what's trying to take place with this virus right now, is that now whenever we hear of another virus or anything else that's coming out, there's a fear that Satan wants to put in us to default to like, oh my gosh, here we come again. We have to stand against that with the word of God. Amen. We have to remember that we're on the victory side of the cross. We're not on the victim side of the cross. I'm on the victory side of the cross. We have authority about what comes into this atmosphere. And Jesus took all of these viruses on his body at the cross and he dealt with them 100%. There is no new virus. Jesus was here first. Amen. So let's look at a couple of things about Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. When we remember that we're changing the name of Jesus for the word. Once again, looking unto the word, the author and finisher of our faith. So what do we do? Number one, we are looking unto the word. And I love how this word looking, it translates. It means looking away from all else to fix one's gaze upon, and it means to turn one's mind. We have to turn all of our attention off of all of the circumstances, all of the voices, 
all the different reasonings that are trying to take place, and we have to purposefully take our eyes, and our eyes is another way of saying our mind. There is really a battle for our mind going on right now. There really is through all the different news reports, um, all of the doom and destruction and all the things. And, and this is a very real serious thing that we're going through. But really what's trying to take place is Satan is trying to captivate and take prisoner our thoughts and our mind. So when I am looking unto Jesus, when I am looking unto the word, I am purposefully taking my eyes and my mind off other things and I'm focusing it completely on him, completely on the word. First thing that we have to do is we have to look at Jesus. We have to look at the word. We have to take away all the distractions and we have to make a, a, a laser-like focus on what the word says concerning this. Number two, it says that he, the word is the author of our faith. And that word author means it's the leader. It's the originator. It's the founder. It's the file leader who pioneers the way for many others to follow. It means one who is the originator or founder of a movement and continues as the leader. You know, there's an old saying, you got to dance with the one that brought you. Amen. Any faith project that I begin by faith, I'm going to have to continue by faith. I can't start something by faith, then try and ha- make it happen with my own works. I can't draw from a bunch of different trees and hope that I get a finished product as far as my knowledge is concerned. You know, one of the sins that Adam and Eve really committed was that they tried to get knowledge from another tree. God had already told them and given them everything that they needed, but Satan tempted them from knowledge from another tree. We have to make sure we don't fall into the same trap. Whatever I begin by faith, I have to continue by faith. And that's the beautiful part about Jesus being the author. He didn't just author it and then just leave us all alone. He authored it, but he stayed on and can to continue as our leader in the midst of it. And number three, it says that he is the finisher of our faith. The word is the finisher of your faith. That means it's the perfecter. It means it completes. It means it's the consummation, bringing a process till it's finished. Just get a picture that Jesus's whole life is and was a life of faith. Jesus' whole life started by faith. He walked by faith. He ministered by faith. He died by faith. He was resurrected by faith. And he's seated next to our father right now in faith, being an intercessor for you and I. So every part of Jesus's life was done and was manifested and was characterized by faith. Our lives need to be the same way. I can't be in faith one day and not the other. Faith is should be a, when, when the Bible says the just shall live by faith, my whole life should be a constant consummation of faith. Everything that I do, I can't um, live in faith at my job, but not at my house. I can't believe God for one thing, but then try and work for others. Our whole life should be integrated and infused by faith. Everything that I start by faith, I need to continue by faith, and I need to finish by faith. Amen? So here's the cool part, though. If you go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking under the word, 
the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured. And I want us to look at that word endured. That, in, that word endured means to stand my ground, to bear up against, and it means to persevere. So while I am looking under the word as the author and finisher of my faith, here's some great news. Here's what the word is doing. It is making me stand my ground. It is bearing up against and it is persevering. So I wrote down this statement. When I fix my eyes on the word and make it first place, it bears me up and helps me stand my ground to completion and manifestation of what I'm believing for. Let me read that again. When I fix my eyes, my mind on the word and make it first place, the word in turn bears me up and helps me stand my ground to completion until the manifestation of what I'm believing for. That word is created for us to endure and to, to stand while we're waiting for what we're believing for. It is an enduring word. And that's exactly what the word does. When I am standing and I am believing God right now, we are enduring. We are standing on the word. We've already spoken to this virus that it's dead, that it's defeated, that it cannot stay here. It is on its last laugh. It's already been defeated. There's nothing more that we need to do against it except just stand our ground and speak the word only. Amen. So just to recap a little bit, I want to begin with the word. I want to continue with the word and then I want to finish with the word. That's how my faith is going to grow. Listen to this. I didn't, I didn't, this was one of the um, subtitles in my Bible above this, these verses, but it just, it sounded so good. It says, the word discovers our condition. The word discovers our condition. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's a whole mouthful right there, but let's try and break it down a little bit. That word living, when it says the word of God is living, living means to live. I'm going to blow your mind right now. It means not dead. That's really what living means. It's the opposite of dead. So when we think about the word of God, that it's living, that means that it's not dead. It's not a dead word that we preach. It's a word that's alive. It's as alive as Jesus is right now. That word is alive. It's alive. That, that, that book that you're looking at right now, it's not just pages. It's alive. It's speaking to us. It, it has eyes. It has ears. It has a mouth. And when I go into the word of God on purpose, it's living. It's like I'm talking to a person and that person is talking back to me. So when you go into the word of God, don't read it like a magazine. Don't read it like a novel. Don't read it like a textbook. Read it like you are sitting down with someone and they are talking back to you. The word wants to have a conversation with you. You know why? Because it's living. It's not dead. It's alive. Secondly, it says that it's powerful. That word powerful means effective. It means productive. It means energized. It means full of energy. It means something at work. It means active. The word of God is full of energy. Its power has not waned one bit. 
It's as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. The Word of God will work for anybody that's willing to get involved with it and to meditate on it and to speak it. The reason that, that people back in the day were so afraid of Jesus is because he spoke the Word with some, as someone with authority. He made the Word personal. I want to encourage you during this time right now, one of the ways for us to make the Word become more alive to us is make the Word personal. Change the verse tense where it's talking about you. Amen. For God so loved me that He gave His only begotten Son that if I would believe... See what I'm saying? When I begin to make that word personal, there's an intimacy and there's an exchange that takes place through revelation and it will begin to bring change into my heart. Make the word personal. It's full of energy. Uh, Dr. Cole used this example once. And if you remember who Dr. Ed Lewis Cole was, um, phenomenal men's teacher, uh, teaching still goes on today. But if you look at the alphabet, just because I use the letter A today doesn't mean that no one else can use the letter A today. That alphabet, those letters work for anybody that gets involved with them. It's the same with the Word of God. When I'm standing on the Word and I'm standing on Scripture, those Scriptures will work for anybody that gets involved with them. And I can use any Scripture in the Bible to stand in faith, and that Bible will continue to produce because it has an energy and is an alive as if someone that used it a thousand years ago. The scriptures, the word never wears out. You know, Dr. Carolyn Leaf has done just such an amazing job on, on the teaching of renewing our mind. You know, there are some, um, some spiritual things that take place when we renew our minds. And uh, there's some, some scientific things that take place when we renew our minds. But only the word of God was created to help renew or change the way that we think. You know, when the Bible says that it's both quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, divining even the the, 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 between soul and spirit, only the Word of God can get down into us as a three-part being. See, we're not just three separate parts put together. We are so intertwined as body, soul, and spirit. Only the Word of God is sharp enough to get down to separate the difference between soul and spirit. It's what it was created to do. For me to change the way that I think, I have to use the Word of God. I have to find the thoughts that are toxic to me, identify those thoughts, use the Word of God on those thoughts, then put those thoughts back in. And while I still maybe don't um, remember some things that happened to me, I'm no longer enslaved by the emotion or the trauma that went along with them. We have the ability through the Word of God to do brain surgery on ourselves. I know, it sounds crazy, but that's what the Word of God was created for. It's alive and it's full of energy. And here's the best part. It's sharp as a two-edged sword. And that word sharper means to cut. It means more comprehensive or decisive as by a single stroke, not repeated blows. Like hacking, it's more keen and sharper. Aren't you glad that the Word of God is so sharp that it's not like a dull knife that we constantly have to hack something to try and cut something or cut it open? No, it is so laser-like in its focus that when it cuts, it cuts one time. It's so sharp and so keenly sharp that it doesn't need to be replaced and continually hacking and cutting and causing destruction. No, no, no. When it's used effectively, 
because it's alive. It's able to bring healing and health and restoration and everything that we need. Amen. The word is meant to cut to the root of any circumstance or any situation in my life. The word of God. See, God doesn't deal with circumstances or symptoms. God, Jesus, the word, the Holy Spirit, they deal with the root. And only a sharp, powerful, two-edged sword of the word is able to get to the root of the things that are in our heart. Amen. So whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you're dealing with fear, we got to build our faith in the area that God loves me more than the fear of what's happening in the world today. And the only way that I can do that is to renew my mind with the word on a regular basis. Amen. I have to be constantly renewing my mind. I have to constantly tell my mind what to believe and what to think, not what I, what it wants to believe or wants to think. I have to use the word to change the way that I think. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. Does anybody know that verse? This is my dad's favorite verse. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. My dad likes to tell it this way. The Word tells me what's right, and it tells me what's wrong. It tells me how to get right, and it tells me how to stay right. That's what the Word is created to do. The Word is the foundation for everything in my life. Amen. My faith project, it's got to have a foundation of the Word. As I said before in the very beginning, it is vital that when I am standing in faith, believing God for whatever it is that you may be believing for, that it has to start with the word. The foundation of my faith project, the integrity of my faith project, it has to be the word. And I'm going to stand to manifestation on the word. It says in Ephesians, having standing, standing, doing all there is to stand, stand. Amen. I'm going to stand in faith till I see the manifestation of what I'm believing for. Amen. Psalms 34, 19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. As I said at the beginning of the broadcast, I am, uh, can, I, I am confident that I can give you a definitive time when we're all going to be get back together. Are you ready? That time will be when all of us will turn off all other sources of information and focus on speaking the word only about this situation. When we as the church will do that, all this will end and we'll be back together. When we will make the word first place. See, what's happening a lot of times in our life is it's easier to complain about a situation uh, it's easier to want somebody else to do something for me in a situation. All the crying, all the screaming, all those things that we do sometimes when we don't get what we want or don't get our way are not going to change your situation. Blaming other people will not change your situation. Amen. Blaming the government won't change your situation. We as believers were made to walk and live by the word of God. And whatever situation you're in right now is only going to change when we get up off the floor, dry our eyes, and begin to speak the word over that situation. Amen? I know that's a little harsh, 
But that's where we are right now. How bad do we want to get back together? How bad are we ready for this to be over? I feel like God's saying it's entirely up to us. It is 100% in the church's hands when this ends. And we, we will stand up and act like the church and speak the word only against this and not be suckered into, well, it could be another month, it could be six months, it could be 11 months. No, in the name of Jesus, we have to choose to speak the word only about this situation. That virus is dead and defeated. Jesus is still on the throne. The church is not powerless. God has not left us. We still have his word. And in the beginning was the word. Amen.